This is a HeadGum Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Leander Nati Lewis Now, but everybody calls me Unati. And Jeremy Cobb, but Amy Vorpal calls me Jeremy Feed Im Cobb. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, have, yeah, okay. have we told that? You gotta we, give some, yeah, yeah, I think we told Oh, yeah, it we told the, the other episode. Amy episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you want context for that, go listen to our interview with Amy Vorpal. Um, it was possibly one of the funniest times me and Jeremy have ever yeah. spent together. I'd say we, number two. Number two or number three. Number two. We had the most, yeah, I no. feel like we had the number one. One recently. <laughs> yes, recently on the phone whilst discussing Christian Bale. Yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of interviews and guest interviews, we have another one for you today. I am so, so excited to welcome the DM of High Rollers. That is right. Mark Holmes is here with us today. How are you doing? Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, that's that is the most excitable introduction I think I've ever had. Uh, wonderful, and you nailed my name, which most people never get hey. right as well. So, absolutely well done. Thank you very much. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragons. <laughs> Full prince vibe. Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. In the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no. On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. It's really great to actually get to chat to you guys and, and be on the show. I know this is something we were we've been talking about trying to make happen for a while and like all sorts of life stuff comes in and yes. out. So it's really cool to get to you chat know, to you guys. Awesome. And it feels great to have a fellow Brit on. We just don't have enough Brits on the show. I mean, <laughs> it's true. Yes. It's all Americans. Yeah. All it's all Americans. <laughs> like, well, how, who else have we had from Britain on this show? I don't know. Well, there's not, there's not many, many of us in the UK, especially yeah. in the D&D sphere. Yeah. Like, there's you know, it's growing. Like, you know, there's more of us, you know, growing and, and more shows popping up mm. and kind of getting people are becoming aware of. But there's really not many of us, and that's another reason why I wanted to come on. Like, I really want to really start kind of pushing and promoting like that. There's some really good D&D stuff going on in the yeah. UK, and like we should all be working together to do. Because it'd be cool great stuff, to do so. some in-person stuff where I don't have to part like cross the Atlantic. Absolutely. Well, maybe we can make that happen because I think there's uh, you know we've got some studio stuff here, but but we're also looking at some some thing, cool things we can do as well. So we can definitely try and That's make that very, happen. Very exciting, um, and yeah, just absolutely thrilled to get to talk to you today. This is this is very very cool. So, Mark, we always start with our guests, uh, mm. kind of at the beginning. We like to ask a bit of like an origins story, if you will, and that can be oh, your origin me. story for D anD. d It can be your origin story mm-hmm. for just like nerddom in general. How did you get your superpowers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how did I get my... Did well, you, get- you can thank ADD for my superpowers, <laughs> but uh, I think in general... Yeah, the whole, like, the nerd origins... I, I mean, I don't think we can. I think that was literally instilled in me mm. from birth. I don't remember a time where I wasn't 
interested in nerdy stuff you know some of my earliest memories go back to being sort of a little kid in my in my grandparents garden pretending to be a knight with a dustbin lid and a stick and doing all of that stuff like i've always been playing pretend and you know warhammer video games everything like as soon as i could touch it i was into it um so yeah i don't really know where to begin with that but the the D stuff i definitely remember and I've, I've told this story a lot on podcasts and things like that before um and it's not particularly you know it's it's i don't think it's particularly unique but like a lot of people i was into stuff like warhammer and um you know things like that video games and then we used to go to a comic shop i used to live in uh, south end on sea in essex okay. and me and all my school friends you know we played magic the gathering we did drama and theater together um and we would go to this little comic book shop to buy magic cards and to look at what anime and manga they had and comic books. And we saw that they had the D&D third edition starter set. And we'd all known about D&D. We'd seen like it on TV shows and in cartoons and stuff. But we'd never played it. Um, and we were like, ah, oh, we could all we could all chip in. And we all kind of like chipped in some of our <laughs> lunch money and pocket money. And we bought this like 20 pound starter set. We rushed it home, opened it up. None of us had a clue what we were doing. And reading through the books, it was like, oh, somebody needs to be the dungeon master. Uh, and then we all looked around at each other and it was kind of like a rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> who's going to who's gonna suffer being this dungeon master while the others get Little to be the cool player characters? Little did you know it would be forever. Yeah. <laughs> right, ex- yeah. ex- that, that's exactly it, right? That, that was the point. That was like the moment where, you know, the, the big options in the video game come yeah. up and it's like, you know, save before you, you proceed because you don't get to change. <laughs> Red, blue pill time. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I took on dungeon master role and then that was it, really. Um, played all through high school. You know, it would be, you know, we'd finish high school and college go straight home eat dinner rush to our mate's house where you had bit like a big dining room and we would sit there and play until two in the morning and then come home sleep go to school do the same thing again the next day um and that just continued and then when i eventually went into i started working in the video games industry D became my way of socializing it became my way of kind of getting to know people as like a you know a very self-conscious shy nerd working with a bunch of other people i was like i don't know how to talk to people i don't know how to interact with humans <laughs> Um, hey, would you have you ever played D anD D? Would you like to play D anD D? And that was like my way of making friends, basically. And then it just rolled on from there. Mm. You know, it just continued and continued. And like, you know, me and my school friends, we did sort of swap around the DM role. I did get to be a player for a little while, wow. at least. Yeah, he um, became before a player, I, everyone. Before I was locked in. <laughs> I know. Only for, only for a short time and only, only uh, what, 20 years ago. <laughs> 20, 20 years from then, it's been Dungeon Master, Dungeon Master, Dungeon Master. But um, I have, I, I joke, I, I have gotten the uh, odd occasion to be a player, which has been very, very lovely, especially with some of the cool people I've gotten to meet in the the. the D&D sphere. It's like yeah, it's like yeah. Atlas when you he hands off the world to Heracles for like just a second and he's like, "Oh." Yeah. And then he's like, "No," at the end, but at least he got to at least he got to stop holding the world for like a minute. Uh, you yeah. had a brief glimpse. Yeah. But is it worse <laughs> definitely in that instance, an element though? of that. Because then you get when you get the world back, you suddenly realize <laughs> just taste. how heavy it is. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> maybe it's better to have never relinquished it at all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, joking aside, I love DMing. Like, you know, I don't want people to think that like I hate it, you know, I love it, but it is quite nice to just let the pressure go off the old mm. shoulders for a while and just and cause chaos in somebody else's oh. game for a little bit. Well, that, for sure. that's, that raises quite an interesting thing, because like what would you say are like the biggest differences between between DMing and playing, because I think that one of the mm. huge things in for for my with my experience is that like I don't I get the freedom to feel like not every decision I make is gonna screw up in some big way or come back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> like in, you know, in a couple <laughs> sessions time when I say, oh yeah, sure, you grab the book. 
oh fuck that's a really that's a really important book i shouldn't have given them that book you know what i mean like it's like i don't have that pressure that's basically what being a player is for me but like what do you what do you feel like it's for you what's like the thing that you enjoy most when you do eventually get to play I think it's I think it's that lack of uh, knowing and also that that I know I can just turn up and play mm. you know in a, in a lot of the times with the DM I, I spend a lot of time doing a lot of prep I love to prep you know I'm, I, I know that there is G, there are GMs and DMs out there who fully love the improv stuff but I love to prep and so I'll do a lot of work beforehand whereas with a player I've just created this one person and I can sh- you know shape and, and come up with loads of cool ideas for them but then it's like I'm kind of handing the reins over a little bit where I'm like, now I don't know what's going to happen now. Like you show me this cool world and I'm going to prod things and pull levers and I'm going to touch stuff because I want to see what it's going to happen and I want to interact with people in that sense. Whereas with a DM, it's like I I want the players to do that to me so that I can react and give them mm. stuff, you know, and, and showcase the world kind you of You have thing. to constantly be on your toes, I think, as a mm. DM, right? Like you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't like uh, have a, take a seat. Like the only times I ever find you can do that is when the play, like when you're like a really high RP table and like yeah. two players yes. are just like going off and you're like okay oh, i'm just gonna sit I love back it. and I, enjoy this i'm gonna get my popcorn out for just I've, a second I've got, I've got my popcorn i got my drink i'm just gonna sit back yeah. and just watch that's that's actually like my favorite yeah. thing like uh when my players take those moments i love it i yeah, love it yeah, for sure I, I i always try to challenge my players to, like take the floor because you know I, I think it's like why going to like hometowns and things like that are always fun because you yeah. can kind of give mm. players that a little bit of agency mm. to kind of you know like you kind of said to, like take the reins well, you tell yeah, us yeah. yeah you tell us what's yeah. there uh then they go a little too far and you're like whoa well actually no there's well you, you know. don't have the fastest horses in the world they're just they're just fast horses in your home they're, they're very, very good horses, horses. Yeah. Yeah. and you don't own all of them <laughs> okay let's just clarify my this. horse can talk the world renowned for talking flying horses uh, <laughs> yeah. mm, mm, you think so you definitely that's what the that's what the hometown believes but the rest of you it is just a normal horse it's just a bunch um, of people walking around like going, <laughs> all thinking yeah. that they're talking My, to the horse in like fluent horse I'm, I'm very lucky I've only had one player who's ever done that like sort of uh, they were very uh, this was like a one shot I did for some friends not streamed or anything like that um, and uh, I gave them the opportunity of I just kind of said like oh I introduced them and said yeah you come off of your this was a Star Wars game we were playing and I said like oh you come off your ship and then they provided a problem I think they had to get somewhere and this one player was just like well luckily I have a bunch of speeders from the previous job that we were doing and it just made up a bunch of stuff on the spot and I was I was just sort of like the audience Audacity. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I just was like, yeah, you absolutely do have speed. They're not in very c- good condition, though. You're not sure how well they're going to hold up on the uh, the icy plains of, of Hoth or whatever they were on. And uh, and I think that they took that as like, a, ah, yes, I'm not the dungeon master. <laughs> it's just like, I love the idea. I love the uh, I love the suggestion. And we could write some really cool stories with it. But uh, I'm still yes, the DM. Yeah, I'd have, I think I'd have made them like roll straight luck checks. Like anything below a 13 and your speed just straight doesn't work <laughs> like, <laughs> one, they seem to be in yeah. working order but they all explode as soon as they like yeah yeah the yeah. second they get like uh, to over 55 miles an hour you know it activates yeah. the bomb it, it turns into speed and you can't slow down after that you have to just keep yeah <laughs> exactly. driving them across the across hoth uh bail yeah, at 88 yeah, miles an hour love that that's actually a really good adventure hook. If anybody's running a Star Wars game, you should absolutely just rip off the movie yeah. speed and put it in Star Wars. <laughs> right. That's Ooh, a you very can't good. come out of light speed. Uh, it's like if you, if you exit, exit light speed, it's like you you instantly die. 
Yeah. That very good. Very, cool. very good. That'd be very, I love very it. cool. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I think one of the things that I would love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know, is we would uh, obviously, w- what was like, what led to or what was the start of High Rollers? Because like you said before, there yeah. wasn't, there's not a whole lot of British shows. So what was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the inspiration for that? Yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, it's really cool. And and for those who don't know, if you don't know High Rollers, that's the the show I DM. Um, it's with a bunch of my friends here in the UK, and we started it about five years ago now, which blows my mind. Um, we've been doing it for that long. Um, but uh, I was working at the time. I was the social media manager for the YouTube network, the Yogscast. Um, and my fiance is an artist there, and so you know, I was work. We were all working there together at the time, and I was running D and D for some friends, some other YouTube creators who were part of the network and things like that and every december they do a big uh, charity event called the jingle jam where they raise loads of really good money you buy like a bundle of games and all the proceeds basically go to charity and they do like a whole month of streaming and we did some like silly star wars DD one shots and things like that but after the jingle jam was all finished uh the the owner of the uh of the company was like listen you know we're gonna start doing much more regular streams would you like to do a DD thing um and i'd been watching you know i've i've been friends with matt mercer for a long time and i you know had been watching critical role and i loved it and a bunch of my other friends were like really into it at the time and we said yeah we we could do something like that we we didn't think it would be a big thing we thought like we'll probably do it for like a couple of months the viewers will die off and then they'll want to do something else they'll want to replace us with something else on the streaming schedule but we thought we'd give it a go and see how it went so we got a bunch of us together, a couple of people who had never played D&D before, um, a couple of people who'd played a little bit, um, and then Kim, who I know you you've, you guys have met, uh, Kim had played when she was much younger but hadn't played for a very long time. So we kind of got everyone together and we thought, yeah, we'll, we'll give this a go and see how it does. Um, you know, and it was like on a Sunday, we thought nobody's going to be watching a stream <laughs> on a Sunday. Um, but, you know, that was, the, that was the time we were given. So we were like, sure, we'll, we'll give this a go. And yeah, it just did phenomenally better than anybody ever expected. Like we just, we didn't expect that many people to like really get invested in it. Um, I think for a lot of people, it was their first time seeing like a full game of D&D in a stream like mm. that. You know, even though there were other shows like Ak Inc and, and Taz and, and Crit Roll going on, a lot of the people that tuned in had never seen anything like it before. Um, and it was very, yeah, it was just something new and fresh and it just took off. And then from there and there, we just, you know kept going and eventually we built it in and then eventually got to the point where i left my full-time job as a social media manager and just became a self-employed content creator and the director of high rollers and we've basically just been running it that way ever since really so yeah it's uh it was like a real it was a real meeting of like years and years of playing D for fun meeting this like very rare opportunity uh to like fill in this like gap in the streaming schedule and then it just worked and then that kind of took mm. off basically yeah. so very very fortunate to have that um, opportunity and then i think it was a mixture of like having good people good chemistry and uh, a lot of uh, practice as a gm that's as well, really so. interesting like that's yeah. i've noticed a pattern with the, the early period D actual play shows with with you mm. all and then critical role and also taz all mm. of those games started as like yeah you know we're just gonna do like a little thing we'll see we probably is not gonna catch on like 
People probably yeah. Care Taz about was it. explicitly yeah. supposed to be a one shot and didn't even have its own podcast. And you, both you and Critical Role, were like, yeah, you know, people will probably we'll see, we'll yeah. see, you yeah, know, because yeah. also, yeah, this, the, with Crit Role, like, those guys were with Geek and Sundry at the time, and it was the same idea of like, well, you know, why don't you try streaming it? We'll see how it does, <laughs> and you know, there is this thing of like, if it doesn't do very well, we'll, you know, you can move on and do okay. something else. I've heard yeah. like. Yeah, I've watched like, like, it does okay. For, like, yeah. an animated show on like Amazon. Yeah, did somebody Prime? rip them off or something? Is that what <laughs> happened? Someone must have been, must have been. Yeah, it can't yeah. be the Parallel same. Parallel Yeah. But it's like it's like yeah. a gold rush. It's like you all were the early prospectors who like happened to stumble. Mm. You're like, yeah, let's go see the hills. I, I, and you very accidentally saw so. And now yeah. there's yeah, been a I, huge gold rush and the market has become really saturated. Well, I think, you know, and it, it all ties back into this, and I've I've long held this, like, I think this newer generation, this new surge of D&D, whether people playing it or streaming it or whatever, it's because we live in a time where, for the first time, you can actually see what playing D&D is like. It's not just a thing that you have to read a big, mm. chunky rule book mm-hmm. to learn how yeah. to play. You can actually watch real people with real friends and real chemistry sit down and have a laugh. And it's not like, I, I cast magic myth at the darkness <laughs> and I want to sleep with the barmaid, please. <laughs> you know, that the, the, the media kind of portrayed yeah. it to be. You can actually see a bunch of like just nerdy friends having a laugh and like mucking about and, and having a really good time. But also it's a great way to learn the very basics of the rules. Like you roll a dice, you add a number, that means you succeed or fail and there are monsters and combats and stuff mm. like that. And I think that that really was just like, oh, this is what D&D is. Oh, awesome. And like people could invest themselves in that. And then yeah, people when they start playing the next evolution is i want to stream it i want to share this mm. game with the that was, world that was exactly how i learned like i literally learned playing mm. D for the most part from watching dimension 20 and then listening to nadpod and mm. i've never i think i've said this on the show i've literally never read the entirety of a D book i only go to them for the stuff that i specifically <laughs> want i i don't even think i've ever opened the players or the dm's handbook like i generally don't think i have god that sounds like blasphemy doesn't it like, like well, i'm gonna get immediately cancelled off of the show you know Artie's like yeah we need to get we need to get rid of jasper now like <laughs> i was gonna, i even i i've I, I don't think i've ever sat down and read through the dungeon yeah i think i've looked guide. to like, like i will open rule. it and like yeah, that's what I mean. I've looked yeah for, like, and i'll go and be like have to skim oh, it. Wait, there's what? no point how? sitting down and reading that whole thing yeah it's the first, like the introduction no, is like I, how to build a world why why <laughs> yeah i know oh, don't yeah. The, yeah. and the whole the whole dmg i think like i when they talked about like this new sort of like they're going to re-release these books i am praying that they redo mm, the dmg yeah, because as a book right like you said it's so it, there's no advice it's just like bam big lengthy chapters like it, it doesn't teach somebody to be a, a dungeon master yeah not at all um, and just long kind of appendices with uh lists of gods and stuff that like don't make any sense without context yeah. At all. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It makes 100%. it so inaccessible because like I'm definitely someone who like, you know, I, I'm not like a voracious reader. I've never been able to do so. I've always found it much mm. easier to like listen to things or whatever. And like the idea of being able to like, of, like picking up it, like if the only option I think for me to play Dungeons and Dragons was to pick up like the DMG and like comb through it and learn. I don't I would have never got into Dungeons mm. and Dragons before. Ever. D- a hundred percent. Like even the play, some of the players in High Rollers, the, the only reason that they got into 
to it was watching Critical mm. Role because they could finally watch something and they're like, oh, okay, I kind of get it now. I kind of get what playing a character is like. I can see what the dungeon master is doing and how they're, you know, describing scenes and that means you can interact with things and blah, blah, blah. But if you expect somebody to sit down and read through a big chunky rule book just to start playing, I mean, yeah, that's going to be a barrier to entry. I don't think it actually teaches you what makes D&D, like, which, I mean, what makes it mm-hmm. special, right? Like, I, like yeah. there are plenty of, of games and stuff out there with really fun and complex rule sets and whatever that don't hold a candle to D&D or, you know, some of these TTRPGs that, w- that we enjoy mm. playing. The thing that makes the, the work so well is because you have the room to role play and to find connections with your mm-hmm. friends and all of this kind of thing. And I think that actually... Yeah, if you pick up, the, if you just pick up the book, I think the, there is an opinion of like, oh, this mm. is just I'm going to basically just be doing a math game here. This is like, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. like a math game with yeah. some like overwhelming lore, like because that's mm. the thing as well. I get when yeah. I read the DMG, I always like like Unati said about the gods. It's like you sit there and go, wait, I've got to know like pantheons of yeah. gods, not even like a set. I've got yeah. to know pantheons. You don't get <laughs> to <laughs> learn through doing, like which is like whenever I like whenever I've sat down to play, like the way that you learn about the world is interacting with it. That's what's going to stick in your mind, not reading it. And even me, like you know, I, I mentioned my story earlier of like me and my friends. We bought the third edition starter set and we read the rules and then started playing, but we didn't we didn't like read through the entire rules. We got the gist through the rulebook assigned we're like we'll make this up and then as we played more and more we would go and look back rules and say actually how does mm. grappling work oh okay mm. it works like that okay and then you'd learn mm. to play it but we were the we were a rare few because we were already nerds who were used to playing warhammer yeah. which again you need to go and look up yeah, a big yeah. thick rulebook we would do things like larp mm. so we knew vaguely what a role like what role playing was but if you didn't have those those contexts to to apply yeah, it's not going to make any sense. Where, But watching somebody, well, you can immediately pick up on the very basics and then you can go and look up the rules and, and figure it out points. as you go. Uh, um, the first point is, mm. I think what we're saying in crit- uh, criticism of the Dungeon Master's Guide really could be applied to mm. literally any game that exists. And mm. I cannot think of a single game where reading the rule book would give you a good idea of what the game is actually like. And that includes sports. Mm. Like, I think yeah, the, what, the reason mm. that most people play sports is not because somebody handed them the rule book of, of football <laughs> or uh, basketball. It's because they grew up yeah. watching the people play. And then they learned mm. from yes. watching them play, having somebody else explain the rules with them and then maybe joining a team. Yes. And I think what we're seeing with Dungeons yeah. & Dragons is now people are having the opportunity to see it being played and learn the way that people normally like to learn how to play games, which is by being entertained rather than sitting and studying the minutiae. And you can if you're into that, because there are certainly people who do, but I don't think most people want to. And I think that's true of simply all games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and to go as well, like the point about um, having somebody teach you to play it, most of my, you know, I think back to when I started playing in third edition and some of the older friends I had, things like LARP and stuff like that, you know, when they learned to play D&D, it was an older brother or a guy in the local game shop who taught them how to play. You know, it was somebody who else, who was the mentor figure who was like, I'll DM, I'll teach you to play and here's how the rules work. And yeah, like you said, Jeremy, it's like with sports, you know, you had like your dad would explain to you, how football works and stuff 
like that or you would have a mate who would explain it you know that kind of idea um yeah for sure for and then sure. the, the second question or the second um oh let's see if i can remember because it was an interesting point let me see, see if i can think of the second <laughs> oh, no. point that i was going to bring up <laughs> oh that no. was um we were talking about uh nah i lost it let's move on <laughs> it'll come back to it come back i'll ask another question uh which is i think this is relevant to uh i'm i'm curious about this for all i guess public dms uh how has Mm. your preparation process changed if at all between playing a private game and Mm. playing a public game you know it's a you know i don't i don't want to sound uh i don't want to sound facetious or anything um genuinely i haven't changed my process the the way that i prep my games that we do for high rollers and the way that i would prep a game for private there is no difference in the way that i prep them and and i the reason is is that you know with high rollers we have always always strived to just play a game with a bunch of mates and the cameras are on but we pretend that they're not like it for us it is just our weekly DD game we just happen to record it and put it out there and i know that there are definitely some arguments of like well you know if you're streaming it and you're making money of it is that really the case it can you can you still claim that that it's just a game between friends but the intent that when we sit down is we are not the intent is not to sit there and make Mm. a show we are sitting down to play a game that we then record and share with everybody else and it just so happens that people really like it i do think that's part of the beauty of dnd though because i think there's a few times where like i've had that mentality when we've been on this show and literally after five minutes i've forgotten (laughs) i'm just playing you know what i mean like it's really hard to be in the mindset of like what's the most narratively interesting for the audience listening at home it's super hard to do that I think it is, but I think there are definitely people out there who like that style of play, who are like, no, no, I want to make a show. I want to have this character arc. I want to, you know, tell this particular story. And that's a totally fine way to do it. It's just, it's not what I'm used to because I spent, you know, 15, 20 years just playing D&D with my friends and that's what I know to do best. I'm not I'm not going to try, even, you know, I, I was originally going to do the whole acting thing. I was going to go to drama school and do all sorts. I'm very thespian, British thespian <laughs> boy who's going to go to drama school and all hey, this sort of thing. We all sprout mustaches. Looks good on you, Nati. Wow, the mustache is good. Acting, dear boy. Yeah. You should curl that back. Absolutely. Get the uh, the big chin beard as well coming in for the Shakespearean roles. But um, I think that, like, you know, being actors and stuff like that, it does lend itself to just playing other characters. But despite that background, for me, D&D is just all about sitting down and playing a silly game with my friends. And it's why I like the role playing. It's why, like, my favorite bits of the game is when we get into, like, the really intense mm. role play stuff. But I would be doing that if I was sat in my living room with, you know, like, you know, Doritos and Mountain Dew or whatever in the same way that I would do it if I was in a studio with cameras and stuff like that. Like, it, for me, it's just the same experience. Um and yeah, so that that's it. And uh, you know, maybe people will be like, "Well, is that really true?" But that that's that's hundred percent how I approach it. I I just don't prep any mm. different. I just prep as if it's mm. my weekly game. Do you find it easy to like forget that the cameras are there as well once you actually start DMing? Yeah, it was a lot easier. So we've been because of um, the because of the pandemic and uh, the big C, uh, we shifted our play from in studio to online. Mm. So we've been playing via like a digital software. We, we've been using um, some really good software and we've uh, kind of transitioned to all playing at home. And it's actually harder to forget when I'm playing at home uh, because I can see the, the kind of the screen and I do have Twitch chat 
open just in case there's any like issues and i need to be aware of so i have that open when we played in the studio we would leave like all of that like i would just play and the cameras are running and somebody else is handling like all of that stuff so i for me it was just i was sat at a table playing DD with my mates now that we're playing online it's a little bit harder to forget but most of the time i still do most of the time i'm just you know focused on what the players mad whatever madness they're trying to drag me through <laughs> whatever so, shenanigans uh, they're up I'm to i'm normally trying to put yeah, out fires yeah, exactly yeah. yeah exactly i remembered what i was gonna say yes, yes. <laughs> okay i remember one of this was something that i've 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 completely i don't know how i've never mentioned this on the show before but one of the first things i ever saw of D D was the gamers the like the indie the, it's like a 30 minute long I think or an hour long indie movie mm. that some dudes made at their college like and it's very <laughs> very much classic like third edition 3.5 yeah. D&D where it's like yeah uh, there's like a scene where the rogue uh, what like pickpockets a guy's entire outfit and like he's standing there in his underwear <laughs> while he's having a conversation and then he sets he, they want to kill uh-huh. him because the guy's trying to pick a fight so he sets up a ballista behind him because he just keeps rolling such high uh, stealth checks and he has a full ballista behind yep. this man inside of a bar <laughs> it's like yep. uh, and it's yeah and they, yep, they yep, did yep. like a whole series uh, and the second one was literally it was like a it was I think prescient in a way because it foresaw mm. it foresaw the issues that the game is having now which is the, the main plot of that mm. game concerns basically the conflict between story and character versus quest and mm. loot and so you have like this group of right. players who are primarily quest and loot type players with a dm who wants to be story and character who brings in another player who was never played before but also approaches it from story and character and then you have all this internal oh. conflict within the group. it's actually a pretty decent movie it's called i think the gamers darkness rising I think uh, it's of pretty good. It is. Yeah. yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah of course it is. That's, it's like the most quintessential yeah. title, right? Yeah, 100%. but that's like that's the exact kind of con. That's a huge part of the conflict that you see in the game, like right now with. Uh, I yeah. mean, this new evolved fifth edition that they're coming out with in 2024. They've. It seems like they've been trying 100%. to balance that out as much as possible. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even like the the latest adventure, while behind the witchlight, I think is the first D and D adventure that I can remember that specifically goes out of its way to say you can complete this entire adventure without combat. Like, I don't think I've ever yeah. seen that in a D and D adventure yeah. before. Um, and the fact that they've you know engineered the adventure to make that as a possible option absolutely highlights that and i think that it's why that we're getting this kind of big discourse because i feel that a lot of the older you know old school gamers the kind of veteran gamers who want that loot and just they want to kill monsters and take their stuff and have you know silly fun they are worried about that being taken away from them whereas at the same time all the people that want story are now saying but we want more we want more out of this game than just killing monsters and taking their stuff um and that's why we're getting this like huge kind of uh, conflict mm. of interests. Yeah. I'd be interested um, to like get your take on that as well, because I do think like from my money, I'm sitting there kind of going, this is like, that's like the bedrock of D and D like it will never disappear. Even if they wanted it to, mm. it yeah. won't like it, it's the foundation. You can of just the be thing. like, 100%. can I loot him? And then the DM yeah, will say, then you do. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you loot him. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the gameplay itself in the books yeah. is, 
all is still focused around killing mm. monsters, taking their stuff. Like the book is 80% how yeah. to mm -hmm. fight things. <laughs> like it's not like the book has got like a massive section on like, you know, here's how to make friends. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, here's how to cast fireball. Here's how to swing swords. Here's how to break into people's homes. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Um, and that stuff's never going to go. I, I fully agree. I think that there's just this concern of, uh, you know, people kind of ringing hands about, you know, like, oh, but they're ch changing things like they're going to they're going to take it away. And it's like, no, I don't think they are. I think that that stuff's always going to be there if that's the game you want to play. And and so many of these problems, you know, I go like I see like D&D horror stories on Reddit and Facebook and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I swear to God, 90 percent of them are resolved by just talking to the DM and establishing what kind of game you want to play before you start yep. playing it. And if you go to your GM and say, listen, man, we don't we don't want to do the whole like heavy RP moral quandary stuff. We just want to kill some like monsters and like find gold and like have stupid adventures. Then the GM can be like, okay, cool. That's what I know you guys want to play. That's what we'll play. Whereas like if you, and then, and if the GM, if some of those players are like, actually, I kind of want more of a story game and the GM wants that, then they can say, okay, well let's, why don't we go find some people, other people to play with and we'll do that as another game. Like we can have a story based mm -hmm. game with people that are into that. And so many of these problems are resolved by just talking like adults. <laughs> Who would have thought talking yeah. like yeah. adults? Who communication. Yeah, like, lots of... It's, it's a skill they should teach at school, maybe. <laughs> Yo, that would actually be a very useful class, though. It like, really would be. It really would be a very useful, useful class. class. It really yeah. would. Like, yeah, it would be incredibly useful. And have people from like different cultures yeah. and backgrounds come in and talk to you and be like, hey, if you go here and speak like this, this is how people might react. Like, it's, it'd be useful. It'd yeah. be very useful. So, let's take a quick break here, and then we will get back into it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Halflings, I would like to thank our sponsor for today, Factor. With the busy season fast approaching, you might be on the lookout for some wholesome, convenient meals for a jam packed days. I know that I do. One of my favourite things about having a ready to eat meal kit is the fact that I get a nice variety to my diet. It is so easy when you're busy and you're trying to look for nutritious food to eat to just eat the same things over and over again. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Factor is here to help you. Skip the next trip to the grocery store, all the chopping and prepping and cleaning too, whilst getting all the flavour, nutrition and quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your day. 
you can choose from over 34 flavor packed meals per week and the calorie smart meals come in at less than 550 calories per serving and if you need a little extra boost in the day there is an assortment of 45 plus add-ons that you can snack on including breakfast items including apple cinnamon pancakes or as we like to call it second breakfast and just in case you need any more convincing factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for all of their production sites and offices head over to factormeals.com slash halflings50 and use the code halflings50 to get 50% off that's the code halflings50 at factormeals.com slash halflings50 to get 50% off you are so welcome enjoy your tasty nutritious meals for half price Go now. What are you doing? Go, 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 run. Go get the mills. Go, 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 go. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to, you know, solving a problem and you realize that mm-hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. And we're back. Uh, Jeremy, you had two things that you wanted to say, I think. Was that right? (laughs) Uh, The first thing I think was that it it seems like most of the shows that have gotten really popular, the actual play shows, have been more RP oriented than rather than hack and slash kill monsters, uh, or at least more story oriented. Uh, Mm. Certainly, Mm. certainly in the case of High Rollers, Critical Role, Taz, uh, Dimension 20, Nad Pod, I think Dungeons and Daddies, like the, all, pretty much all of those, ha- they'll certainly involve combat, but it seems like there's a big emphasis on like, let's look at our characters and let's develop the story and let's get invested mm. in in like what we're doing rather than or in like who we are and how this affects us rather than just fight and kill, which is an mm. interesting an interesting thing because it's the ba- it, like it kind of contradicts the basis of the game. Uh, like when it first started mm. out, that wasn't really how people played. Mm. And and so I think that's it's, yeah. it's a, an ironic thing to note because like most of the classes and spells and abilities and by most like the vast majority are combat focused or combat mm. oriented. Wh- how would you th- go about changing the game uh, to maybe not lose mm. that element, but to be more open to RP-focused adventures? 
Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I, if anybody else has anything, feel free to jump in. Um, you know, I don't want to just be Mr. Talking all the time. No, that's what um, we're brought here to do. You're the guest. Yeah, yeah you're we're the guest. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. okay. I, I just don't want to be rude. <laughs> Uh, it's an interesting one, and and just to go back to your first point as well, Jeremy, it's interesting that you 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 consider high rollers to be like one of the more story driven things, because I guess when we sit down, like when I sit down to play, like high rollers, I would say maybe it's kind of like critical role in the sense that we do have combat, and some of that combat is like quite chunky, you know, mechanical. Like we are going to play the combat. I don't tend to do things like mega dungeons, but we do have a lot of combat, but. Certainly, like some of my players, they they are not there trying to be like, I've got this dramatic story I wish to tell, <laughs> and I'm going to tell it. Uh, quite a lot of my players are like there to just crack dumb jokes and fight fight stuff. Um, I think that what it is is that they put a lot of care into the world, and we we treat the game as not just a joke. Like the game world is like a like a place that they can go and explore and get invested in. And I think that that's like a big difference. Like it, it, I I find it like a, a weird place. Like for me, I consider high rolls to be like a mixer of like story gameplay and then dumb jokes and it's like a kind of mix of all the three um so i just found that quite interesting because i imagine that there's probably quite a few people who think the same thing as well like the high rollers has got more of a story bend because compared to a lot of dnd games it probably does mm. uh it probably 100 percent does um but yeah it's just an interesting one for me because i look at some of the actions my players do and i'm like do they care about the story <laughs> i think they do I, th- I think they care they care about these characters they care about these npcs a lot and i think that they like them but do they care about this plot that I set up in this thing? I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that going on. In terms of like the changing the game stuff, yeah, I think it's uh, one thing I think that if you're a, a D&D player who's like looking for ways to bring in um, more non-combat mechanics or like, you know, abilities or spells, play other RPG systems, first of all, because there's a lot of really good examples of how to handle stuff in other systems one of the big things for me is i started playing the uh fancy flight game star wars system uh you can also get it as genesis which is like a you can play in any genre um game and the thing that that taught me was all about success not having to be pass and fail mm. you know having played DD for so long for me you roll a skill check you beat the dc mm. or you don't and so you either succeed at what you were trying to do or you don't succeed um whereas playing other rpgs i've learned you know all about the whole kind of like degrees of success idea which is like oh you passed at the chat you you succeeded at the thing but there's a complication to it you got a complete success you get everything you want and here's a little bit more oh you failed the check but you were close enough that maybe you get a little something in return or you failed it and there was something really bad or maybe you succeeded but you still get something bad or there's a cost to it or something like that and i think implementing more stuff like that goes a long way to making the game feel more narrative and not just like i hit the monster i miss the monster i cast fireball i do x damage blah 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 um and that's one thing i try and do and and the dmg as much as we were kind of criticizing it earlier there is a variant rule in there which is you know if uh, i i tend to use it which is if the players fail a, a check by like a couple of points like two to three or five points or whatever you can say well you don't get what you want but you do get this thing or you get what 
what you want, but you have to pay a price in some way. Maybe you lose hit points. Maybe you lose a piece of equipment. Maybe that NPC is going to remember that you intimidated them and is going to try and get back at you later. You know, there's little guides for that and stuff. Um, I think having more class abilities that are focused around stuff like social yeah. interaction and exploration would be good. That's like a huge way. Right now, I think if you look at a class, uh, classes features and the subclasses features, probably 85, 90% of them are about doing damage or harming or doing some sort of status yeah. on a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be great to see more abilities. Like um, there was a game I've been playing recently and it's based on the Powered by the Apocalypse stuff. And there was a move which is like, you can ask an NPC a question and they have to answer it truthfully. And it would be things like, what are you afraid of right now? What what could I give you that will make mm-hmm. you like me? And it's, it's very specific questions like that. And so they're not that powerful. Like you can't use them to just overcome like loads of loads of issues. But they're a really cool thing for a player to be like, I'm gonna use I'm gonna cast Charm Person and I'm gonna ask them, hey, what could I what could I do for you that's gonna make you like me? And that 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 NPC then has to answer that truthfully. If if Charm Person worked a bit more like that, I think people would understand it a bit better and use it a bit more and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Or like if a bard could do that as like a as like a special ability, oh. like they could say, Hey, I wanna try and um convince this person person to do this thing for me or like i want to figure out what this person is afraid of or something like that yeah um we could see some cool cool stuff like um, that um i think for me as well it'll be about like breaking down these like social uh, interactions a little more like i think powered by the apocalypse is a system Mm. that does that uh definitely does that a little better in that like right now in D &D, it's kind of like charisma (laughs) you know what i mean like that's it it's like your charisma stat and if you you know if that happens to be a dump stat which it probably will be for a lot of classes like most of the martial classes you know don't need Mm -hmm. to have good charisma um you end up with a situation where uh, and this is something that where i think i learn because i learned through listening i kind of learned to do something which i think is slightly better than the rules which is like if someone does like an incredible speech like actually role plays in an incredible way yes like i will almost always even drastically reduce the dc or make them not roll at all because i'm always yeah. like yep. that's yep. one of my things that i hate the most about it is when you do something There's nothing worse that epic and part of me is like yeah you know sure there is like the variable element of like the environment right like you know as you start mm-hmm. your speech someone could fart in the audience and it completely ruins the moment you know sure that could happen (laughs) but also like is that going to be satisfying for your player who has just you know done this epic thing or said this epic thing and i think there are other systems which do kind of handle that a little bit better like even just like you said like Mm -hmm. um you know i like the idea of like being able to like stack your dice instead of like just adding a modifier so there's like less variables Mm. right so like you can add i don't know it's like 3d6 to this role or something because you're particularly proficient with it so i'd be interested to see them try and just pull apart the social yeah. kind of element and the combat element like to make the social elements as uh in depth maybe not quite as in depth as the combat because the combat is very in depth but like it, even just to give it yeah it even just more. to give it more like more of a look like combat because i think that it is in a lot of instances yeah. you can completely negate combat if you get good enough roles but it should yeah. be like yeah. you can negate combat if you really intelligent like really kind of like deftly maneuver yourself out of a social situation like if you know what they want if you've taken the time to gather information on Mm -hmm. your enemy or whatever um you know and you give or you you know or you like you know what they want so you can give them a really compelling reason to like not kill you or or not try to kill you or absolutely you know you can go out and find something that that you know they want and therefore because even like rolling with advantage like there's still such a high chance you're gonna fail if you don't have like a plus 10 to persuasion you know what i mean 
I hate how advantage in fifth edition, it feels like their band-aid fix is advantage and disadvantage. Like, oh, you did a cool thing, have advantage. Mm. Oh, you did a bad thing, have disadvantage. And it's it isn't like a really I feel like it doesn't really it's convey the, that enough, kind of right? nuance of that thing. Mm. It's not dynamic enough. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, and, and also, you've just reminded me of another thing. I think that everything you're talking about, fully agree. And it also reminds me that I think one of the problems D&D has is, and, and this is kind of a cultural thing, or maybe it's a thing kind of left over from Legacy, it can still feel like a very combative DM versus mm. players. There is In D&D, there is not a lot of trust given to the players. Um, and that's why there aren't abilities which just let the players do things or let the players decide the narrative in some way. Right? You know, In a lot of other systems that do tend to be a bit more RP-focused, a lot of the abilities are the player gets to decide that they have an npc contact that can help them out or they get to decide when uh, they get to add something to the environment that's going to help them or they get to add a, a fact or do a flashback or do something that can change the narrative of the game and DD is like no, no 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 the dm does does that the dm decides all of that and i think that that's where you get this very sort of uh dm versus players or like you know everything has to be a role everything has to yeah. be a check um you know because it's like a competition mm -hmm. in some way and it's like well i, I don't think though yeah I'd, <laughs> actually, it though? I'd actually be kind of interested to uh ask inati just because i know that you give a lot of license to your players like whenever i've played in your games yeah. or like whenever i've heard of your games or you've had tales from the table like and we've talked about like umfatane or something like yeah. the amount of agency that you give to your players is wild <laughs> like I, yes. and i and I, re and I really enjoy it and i think your players yeah. enjoy it too like it just means I get to sit back a bit, I think. And also, I, I, also I'm lucky in that most of my players are tend to be... I tend to mix my tables with seasoned players and then not-so-seasoned players. Like, there'll mm. always be, like, mm. three or four who know... Like, you know, two or three who know what they're doing, and then two or three who are new, or whatever the case may be, or have heard about it. So that, like, they all learn from each other, and I don't have to carry this entire thing, mm -hmm. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and we can yeah. share the load and collaborate. So if all of a sudden you start doing something cool, I'm like, right, yeah, that, that, yes, that happens. Make a note that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I'm going to use, use that, that later. later. Yeah. Right. And then just keep going yes. with the story. And I, it just makes for, for way more fun games, in my opinion. And my players just mm. want to keep coming back because they want to see what the hell happens from their foolish choices. I'm like, yes, yeah. make it's some more and I'll punish you again. It's collaborative, it's okay. right? Oh, Natsy, yes, speak <laughs> yeah, my language. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Consequences. Yeah, yeah. Dungeon Master. Uh, all meanings of the term Dungeon Master in this relationship. Make more dumb choices. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But it's, I think Basically. collaboration, right, is like the heart of it, I think is what we're, of what yeah. we're saying, is that like, I, um, you know, me and Inati studied on the, the same course at drama school, yeah. not the same year, but in the same course, and a lot of that, like, is mm. literally in the title of the course was collaborative, um, yeah. uh, and I think mm. that, like, for me, collaboration has always enriched my work. You know what I mean? Like whenever I have yeah. said mm. like, oh, I've got a cool idea. Would you mind having a look at this? Like, I don't oh. think I generate anything in D in the D&D sphere without Jeremy looking at it first. <laughs> like, I literally text Jeremy yeah, with every homebrew thing I ever make being like, dude, how's this look? And he, well, yeah. you have to, right? Because like you can only exactly. see it from one angle and other yeah. people are always going to see it from a different way. And I totally get that there are a lot of players out there. I, I have a player who, you know, if I if I were to just suddenly throw something in their way and say, hey, come up with this or like, hey, give me an idea for what this is. They would be like, oh, I, I don't know. Some players don't want to have that yeah. agency. Some players don't want yeah. to be that creative. They just want to be kind of fed something and then react to it. 
but they should have that choice. And that's the thing is I think that in in fifth edition D&D and some RPGs, D&D assumes that they shouldn't get the choice when Mm. actually maybe the the option should be there if they'd like to. So like, you know, in an Nazi's game, being able to say like, well, you tell me, you know, you, what what does this look like? How does this work? Yeah, sure. That works. hundred percent. That works what you want to do because I'm going to use that later to create some more cool story and game for you to Mm do. Like that's, that's for me, the joy of it. Like I wish my players did that more. Like I wish that they could come to me and say like, yeah, I want to do this thing. Like, can I do this? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's super fun. Oh, no, no, you go, you go, you go. Okay. And I, I always find it super fun when, like, when it's, like, a new player at my table finally goes, oh, I get it now, and then, like, starts bringing stuff. Yes. And you're like, yes! Yay! <laughs> yes. Get it! My, I love it. I don't know about you, but, like, when you when you have a new player in season players, um, and and you know the season players are very good at letting the new player find their feet and their yeah. wheels, and it's that look on the new player's face where they're like, "So I can do anything? Could I like I want to like pick up the table and throw them out the window, or like they do something which mm. like in the rules makes no yeah. sense, or like there's no rules for, it, but they just figure something in the narrative and they want to do it, and you're like, yes, yes, you've got it. This is <laughs> yes. the game, like a hundred percent. I love that feeling. Satisfying. I had a <laughs> yeah. had an instance where my rookie player from my chaos group saved the entire party to the point where like the seasoned players were like we're dead we're gonna die that's it we're out we're dead like this and then my rookie player who was playing a rogue just came up with some crazy shenanigans and it would just save everyone (laughs) it was just the most joyous thing we were all just like cheering you know like an amazing moment um and to go back to what we were saying i think what's really cool here about the idea of giving player agency the one thing i think that maybe they would then need to look at if this was something they were thinking about incorporating into like a 5.5 or other TTRPGs that might include Mm. this, is I do think we got to lay some ground rules. But purely because I think you don't want to have like the land speeder example every week. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Because it would get a little bit like... 100%. So I think just even knowing like, hey, look, this stuff, free reign. Go crazy, go wild, do whatever you want. This stuff, run it by me first. I'm not saying no, but let me know. (laughs) Like check in with me and then we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. this is why i'm a big fan of of systems that i i like rules like a lot of people think like when we talk about like narrative like rpgs it's like well you don't want any rules why don't you just make everything up i'm like no 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 no, no. you don't understand i love rules i it's a framework Mm -hmm. it's a guideline it gives you the roller coaster tracks that that you can then lay out and you know the players can determine which track they want to move on to and and which way they want to go and all this kind of stuff i like the rules there needs to be a framework there needs to be a guideline but those rules can still give the players meaningful choices and they can still give them ways to create story and narrative without necessarily the dm having to be Mm -hmm. too involved like there's um there's a lot of games that do this a lot of powered by the apocalypse games it will be like once per session you get to decide how this thing you know affects your character or you get to decide how this thing works or in say the star wars rpg you actually have these story tokens and you only have a set amount of them and every time you use one the gm gets it it gets a point in it but you can use those things to say like oh i'm gonna find an emergency med pack that we desperately need because our guy's dying i'm gonna spend a story point and i find an emergency med pack to use to Mm -hmm. heal the guy right but then the dm gets that point and then they can 
later spend that and say, oh, well, when you're looking, you know, this contact that you you want to meet up with, turns out that they've been followed by a bounty hunter and I'm going to spend a point to insert this thing that's going to complicate it, right? By introducing like a framework like that, it feels fairer for the players. It feels fairer for the GM. It's not just a like, we can make up whatever we want and, and no consequences or bad things ever happen to us because we get to decide it. But it gives the players a lot more choices and agency. I, I, I think that a lot of people have this bad reaction when you talk about narrative narrative games like oh well just make everything up it doesn't matter why even roll dice and that misses the well, point i yeah. think like you want to find that balance I mean, between have you ever the two. tried to be creative and avoid like have you ever walked into a white mm-hmm. room yeah. and it's just hard. come up with stuff like it's impossible yeah like i always said it like all throughout drama school second all year of left, drama school yeah <laughs> well actually yeah i think <laughs> i actually know, have done it you just and pulled it did, me it back fun. to trauma <laughs> it, was, it was very hard and i just went wow that was raw that was Here hard that was, a white space yeah, that was, you are dressed all in black yeah, Go. yeah, yeah. And I remember how bad okay. the thing I made was. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being like, this, yeah. this actively sucks. Please. This is bad. <laughs> but, like, I remember always used to be, I literally used to, to the point where, like, I remember when my, like, teachers told me to, like, keep my feet still. Like, just literally being in a box, I find, makes me so much more creative. Like, it, it means that I actually mm. think, and I actually then try to find, like, a, an interesting way of getting outside of the box or, do you know what I mean, doing mm. something interesting yes. within the box. And I think that, yeah, trying to do yeah. anything in a void or in a vacuum is nearly impossible. So, like, you need to set yourself, so like, a restrict set of, like, tent poles. Like, I always do it when I'm, like, yeah. when I'm starting creating a new world. Like I literally started devising a new um, high magic world uh, yesterday and I started Ooh. like I was literally sat there for like hours going, why am I? I'm really struggling. And I went, OK, right. What are the pillars of my world? Like, what am I going to have? What is the yes. world? Like how many, you know, uh, uh, like how big's the world? How small is the world? What, you know, what is the, the, the all powerful magical thing? And as soon as I got myself that little framework, suddenly it I was love, like oh. and the ideas just came like, do you know I mean, came flowing yeah. out and it was amazing. But as soon as you take that I away, like this like, could, oh man, it's so hard. This can so easily turn into just like new campaign, sort of like freaking out and like talking about stuff. Because I'm in the process of doing my new a new Ooh. campaign setting as well. So I mean, I'm in the same boot boat, <laughs> yeah, right? Where it's like yeah. that new exciting like da da da. And I always talk about it. People ask me questions in like Twitch streams and, and like at panels and stuff. And for me, it's like for me, world building is a process of asking and answering questions, right? So like when you when you start with that slate and those questions then become the framework, the rules that you build around. So it's that thing of like, for you, it's like, okay, what is the grand magic thing that rules over? Like, what's the mm. government like? Okay, well, if I'm going to have a mageocracy that runs this entire kingdom and everything's run by the mages, what does that mean? How does this work? How does uh, the military work? How does the um, sanitation work? How does how do they get enough food for farming? What, what are the enemy nations like? And you start asking these questions, and as you answer them, that builds the world and then leads yep. to more questions. Okay, well, if the military is like, this then how do is there a rebellion you know is there a rebel faction how do they work like and you just start building all this stuff out but you've created that that box you've given yourself that box to then Mm. start building out from and adding more boxes to that you can then hop between and like build a fort of boxes <laughs> yeah build yourself a box fort that's like <laughs> yeah. that's how, to, that's a how box to make fort of questions. for sure it's it yeah. even works i love it it even oh, works with such a great creation time. like mm. if you, if you want to make mm. like a slightly more detailed character uh, or even just like a character where you can be like oh yeah i come from here i want this and blah 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 it's like oh, okay i want to be playing this this and this but then there's the question of like okay so you come from a small town why did you leave what happened to the small town do you have 
have a family? Yes. Do, like, yes. do you have any friends? Why are you here? Like, do you want, is this where you want to be? Like, uh, and I think it can seem mm-hmm. overly complicated. This actually happened for the, for the actual play show that we're releasing right now, Outlaws and Obelisks, when I was talking mm. to Connie uh, about their character. And initially I was like, cool. So I want this, 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 and this. And Connie was like, whoa, that's a ton of stuff. And I was like, it sounds like more things than it is because really it's just like, <laughs> I came from here. Yeah. Uh, like I, I came from a small town. Uh, I'm here uh, trying to make enough money to go back and help my parents start, uh, help my parents like floundering uh, peach business. Uh, but secretly my passion is dance and I'm hoping that I can get a fellowship with like the local break, break dance troupe. Uh, like <laughs> there you and, go. And so many yeah. questions like and so many cool things that that character can then build mm. off and into, you know, and like ways for that character to go just on those. Yeah. Like, I think it allows, it allows for probably my favorite thing when it comes to being creative, which is happy accidents. It is like the yeah. most yeah. satisfying thing that happens, which is when you're answering a bunch of questions and like, I literally had it last night when I was building this world and I had like, I had basically three major factions and I suddenly was like, oh, those two are related. Ah, sweet. You know what I mean? Like it was like, mm-hmm. it just made yeah. so yes. much sense. It was like a glaringly obvious thing yeah. where they were like two sides of the same yeah. coin and they were about the same age. And, and I was suddenly like, oh shit. Yeah, that's going to be, a, that's going to be cool. Yeah. That's fun. That's really yeah. cool. You know? And it, it builds yeah. cool story. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Stuff. 100%. Love it. And, um, like I definitely am absolutely down for just doing a world building chat with you because that yeah. like that would oh be so much. We started like a world building mini side yes. thing that we started. Oh, you're doing. gonna have to join us. Yeah, those, you should. Which just, is very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just just send send me the details. We'll just, we'll send you a anytime. Zoom link a random time during the day. <laughs> yeah. a, t- a Zoom link in a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's. I, I was talking to. I was talking to Mercer about this recently, like, because um, we had like a catch up recently, and we both have the same problem that most of our friends, like our close friends, are mm. our players. So we can't talk about the exciting things we've got yeah. planned or like the cool stuff that we we can't tell them because it's going to spoil stuff for the game or it's going to spoil stuff for the world. So we're in this phase where we have like, we talk to each other about it because we can be like, oh man, I've got this really cool thing planned, or like, oh man, I'm building this this subclass that I'm going to reveal, and this so and so's character is going to use it, but the others don't know about it. And you can't, you know, you you just want to talk and tell people about that stuff and, and just get excited mm, about yeah. it, right? So yeah. um, it's it's always a really fun thing to just get with other DMs and just splurge about like your <laughs> yeah. world that you're building. And this, I've created a faction which is like a newspaper, but they're all messengers and they travel around and they're secretly feeding information to blah blah blah. And like, mm. you know, you just want to get excited <laughs> I, I, about that. N- stuff. Nothing better when it, when a DM goes like, oh, so it's like this, and you go, oh, it is like <laughs> yes. that. I didn't think about. That. That way. <laughs> I was I was recently yes, in the yes, US yes. for like avoiding the multiple lockdowns, like subsequent lockdowns that Britain had. And every time I was preparing for a session for mm-hmm. three black halflings, I would walk out into the living room and tell my mom the ideas that I was having. <laughs> <laughs> she knows nothing Did about D. So I would be like, okay, so they're gonna meet a bunch of baboons this time. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Which one is this? Okay. <laughs> like, cool. Does that sound cool? She's like, yeah, I guess. I like it. And I was like, great. Thanks, mom. I had the the exact same thing uh, with Jade again last night when I was planning this new world. And I was like, and I explained the world and she went, 
you know, I'd quite like to help you research this. And I was like, oh, this must be good. <gasps> like, oh, shit. Yeah. This must be good. Yeah. Like, I've piqued your interest. Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when you pique the partner's mm. interest and they're like, oh, yeah, I really like that. I had that with uh, my fiance Nina, and I told her about the uh, the big bad of our current campaign in High Rollers Erois. She knows a lot of things about the... And it's like, oh, my God, I, I created a monster when I accidentally described this villain as being a bit sort of like Tom Hiddleston meets <laughs> Kylo Ren. And, like, all of, like, a bunch of my... <laughs> players and like my fiance were just like sorry what uh yeah oh. I, mean, I, I feel i feel the same way Unadi, but it's like the they, they were thing. just in love and i know and now they've, they've now like made them out to be this like sexy space hunk <laughs> that, like and i'm like that's not that's not oh. what i want that's not what i want he is a wanker yeah. he's 100 percent. he's just a space wanker but, uh, the they love him. Space wanker. <laughs> yeah, i know i know <laughs> That's the episode title right there. The ultimate, the space, ultimate wanker. space wanker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. I'm not going to give that to Jeremy as a nickname. Though, that's Jeremy, fair. I'm ultimate that one space out. wanker cub. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I should. Maybe. maybe. Oh, that, Ooh, is, that was visceral. That is very, very that funny. Visceral. That is very, oh. very funny. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of hugs, though, has anyone watched What If? Yes. You know, um, yeah. the, the Winter Soldier, yeah. I was like, whoa! <laughs> the the animator <laughs> for the Winter Soldier, whoever animated him was like, was like, Clearly was, I'm going to uh, give you all a gift. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Cool, like, cool, cool. I'm in. I mean, Bucky, Bucky in live, like, live action is doing okay, but this guy... This I guy, this. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, he literally, I think he turns around like, in the shower, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I do not consider myself. I need to rewatch uh, really What yeah. If now. I completely, <laughs> I completely missed the sexy Winter Soldier stuff. There's got to be okay. Listen, listen. There's people listening who know exactly what I'm talking about. Please, please sound off in the comments of wherever you're listening to this, or on on, on Twitter or whatever about sexy Winter Soldier because it's it's so real. It's so so real. Um, <laughs> Oh, Amazing. Uh, I guess to to take us further, if I may, off track, um, because one thing yeah. uh, that we uh, that we always do. In fact, actually, does anyone have any other questions? Because uh, I'm obviously I'm aware of the time, but uh, I I would love to do. We have to get we have to get this one last thing. But if anyone has this any is, questions, I was just curious how how have you how did you uh, meet Matt Mercer? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so uh, <laughs> the story goes goes back a long ways, and I think I can talk about it now because for a while I kind of kept uh, quiet on it when 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 stuff was going on. But um, so for those of you who don't know, like back in the day, Matt used to be you know a pretty big US cosplayer. He was really into the cosplay scene, and I was I've always been a huge anime manga nerd. And here in the UK, I've been superly involved in the anime convention scene, and used to do loads of cosplay and do like cosplay masquerade judging and stuff like that, and host events and you know as as a teenager like you know not even a teenager like a young sort of 20s man you know matt was like i was like man i want to be as good as this guy one day like his costumes are amazing i hope i get to meet him one day and i messaged him on like an old cosplay website just to say hey man i love your costumes and he wrote back a very sweet message um uh, and i always remember he started it off in such a merciful way he started off with thank you for the kind words friend <laughs> uh and it was just like the matt most matt wholesome thing he could and say. lovely no and, i don't, yeah, I don't believe you. wholesome and lovely no but uh yeah, he replied back and we got talking and like, you know, he, we both talk. I think he mentioned like, you know, oh, you know, I'm so glad you liked it. I have to run now. I've got a D&D game to prepare. And then the next time we spoke, I was like, man, I didn't know you played D&D. I love D&D. And we, we made friends on that. And then I would uh, later, eventually I went out to L.A. for um, an anime convention out there, Anime Expo, and we met up. 
And he was just like, oh, you're Mark. And we got kind of made friends and stuff. And we just kind of became friends that way. And then when he started doing the voice acting stuff, I would, uh, me and some friends who ran conventions here would get him invited over as a guest to the UK to come and like be a guest at the conventions, but also so that we could hang out with him. Um, and whenever he would come over, we would hang out and share stories. And it was at these conventions, he started telling me about the Vox Machina games that they did before they streamed. So he was like telling me about all the stuff that was going on um, and then yeah eventually it led into crit roll but like it was just this weird thing that like we both kind of met through this cosplay stuff and then we just kind of became internet friends right and then it just kind of lingered and it stayed on throughout the whole time and you know we've often kind of quite frequently kind of treat each other like brothers like he's like i i consider him like a big brother because he's always like been there and like he's been heavily involved in a lot of big parts of my life and stuff like that and vice versa so it's been this very wholesome like i like uh i always say yeah i look i look up to him like him doing crit role and the way that he portrays himself online and stuff is like something i definitely aspire to kind of like hopefully match up to because i do think he's a good he's a good boy he's a good lad <laughs> yeah he's a so. good lad he's a good lad he's oh a man it's so nice to have a british person on <laughs> he's a good lad <laughs> that's exactly that's how i describe really happy. yeah yes. no but that, like what that's such a lovely thing and i i i genuinely can't express how similarly i felt about this last year doing three black halflings i don't know if the other halflings feel the mm. same but like i feel like i have made some genuine connections with some people who i have never met and like mm. we've got like uh, an event which i don't think we've been announced so we can't really say anything about it yet but i know i'm gonna meet some of these people and i'm like oh i'm just so overwhelmingly excited about it um <laughs> because it does just feel like this strange new thing where i think i was actually talking about it yeah. with um with uh, with my fiance i need to get better at saying that now uh it's it's a recent thing which is why i'm not so good at saying it but i was talking about this, uh, with, yeah. with jason saying <laughs> how yeah it's weird like we kind of need to start talking about it like it's just a it is just a normal way of meeting people nowadays like it's not a new yeah. it's yeah, not a particularly absolutely. odd thing like i think a lot of my best friends we either stay in touch online or we kind mm. of interact online and a lot of them I've never met before now. Like, especially because yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, I like, yeah, it's... Well, and, and to go back to something we mentioned right at the start, like D&D &D in the UK has only really recently mm. become a bigger thing. So a lot of the people who are involved in it, a lot of the people that like most of my, I would consider like D&D &D &D industry friends yeah. are in the US. And like I've met them from doing the events and stuff like they're out there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, up until recently, like there hasn't been a lot of other people in the UK to talk to about it because, you know, this is really just a growing hobby for us. And it, it's really now hitting that zeitgeist and it's exploding in and more and more people are getting involved and you know we get to meet and catch up in, in ways like this but yeah it's a hundred percent a natural thing and i think in the in the nerd sphere mm. more than ever more than mm. ever a hundred percent like this is most of my friends i think you know back in my cosplay days you know all of my friends i met on online message boards and then we would meet up at conventions once a year and things like that and like even like my larp group that i go larping with now like we all met online because we were like hey i'm kind of interested in doing this is anybody else up for it yeah i'd give it a go sure that sounds kind of fun um and then they they kind of came along and now it's like our little sort of four four times a year vacation away from the modern world <laughs> yeah. of just like i need to be in a field in a tent pretending to be a wizard <laughs> i just need that i need that right now that sounds um, great i need to be dressed in in cool costumes and yeah. running around with swords yeah i need, I need to it. uh that's definitely something i'm going to pick your brains about because i definitely need to cosplay more like i lo i like literally one of my favorite things to do when i was a nerdy teenager was dress up for like no reason like my old Dude, teacher frequently reminds me of a day that I 
for some reason bought a kick-ass costume like the, the literally for like from kick-ass <laughs> um and i just wore it to college one day uh i came in yeah. sat down in my class and everyone was like huh <laughs> why <laughs> why and i was like had the mask on and yeah. everything it was just like yeah oh my god Eventually, my teacher was like maybe if you could take the this mask off like that and i was like oh right okay yeah yeah sure 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 <laughs> but it's so funny like whenever i talk to people I'm like oh yeah jasper's kind of cool and i'm like nah that's a recent thing <laughs> like i used to be so weird and awkward like i used to do you don't like, understand the nerd yeah, yeah, is still oh, inside. Here. Like, the it's nerd's here. never gone and away. as soon as yeah. I get around my people, like, you won't even recognize me. You know what I mean? Because it's... Dude. Yeah, stuff like 100%. that. 100%. See, this is... You tell me stuff like this, Jasper. The next thing I'm going to be DMing you and saying, like, so this LARP that I go to, you should come and check out the pictures from yes. it and you should consider it. Because uh, there's... there's. I think if you enjoy cosplay and you enjoy D&D and you're an actor, you would get such a blast <laughs> out of it. I'm worried like, I won't 100%. leave the field, to be honest, Mark. You'll have to drag me away. <laughs> Like, no, I don't want to go back that's, to that's reality. That's a possibility. It sucks. Yeah, that's definitely a reality. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, speaking of uh, reality and getting as far away from it as possible, one thing that mm. we uh, always end our interviews with is we ask for a tale from the table. Now, a tale from the table, mm. usually in, in Three Black Halflings world, is like the wildest and wackiest thing that you can think of. And, but it can also be, um, it can be something heartfelt, it can be something it, like epic as anything. Oh, We've had some me. unbelievable stories. We've had some ridiculous stories. We've had some hilarious ones. So, uh, Mark, if anyth literally anything that sticks out in your mind, it can be from High Rollers, Home <sighs> Game, whatever you want. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, from high rollers, I feel like there's just too much. Like, there, there's so much stuff that happens on a weekly basis that is both insane or wholesome or heartfelt or epic. There's there's too much. There is, but there's one, like, there's a story I always come back to for things like podcasts and interviews. And it's actually from when I was a kid playing in our home games. Um, and this was like a campaign that my friend ran for like a year or something like that. And uh, this is back in third edition D&D. And that's important because you need to, uh, you need to know that in third edition D&D, it was considerably easier to die. <laughs> right. uh, and uh, for a year-long campaign, I went through something like 12 Whoa. characters because I would pretty much die once a Whoa. month in this campaign. And it wasn't because the DM was out to get me. It That's was just intense. bad luck combined with my own reckless uh, actions. <laughs> you know, uh, as Unetti mentioned, it was like, I am the player that will just do something crazy and wild and then the consequences Sorry will come and destroy me. Is there like me. a mechanic that just is like a particular... There's a bunch of different ones. So in third edition, um, in third edition D and D, you saving throws. Mm. So like you, you, you know, saving throws from fifth edition. Back in third edition D and D, there were many, many, many abilities where if you failed your saving throw, oh, you were dead, or you were petrified, or you were permanently banished <laughs> to the you know astral plane. Like oh, it would, no. and it would literally be one roll. Oh, I got a one. Well, you're dead. Character sheet, please. And like there was, there was like and, you know, you could be resurrected. You could be or have Rescued all these other things. The but the other whatever, thing that yeah, well, yeah. But the other thing is, if you were resurrected, you came in at the lowest level of the party, and that could mean that you would lose XP. So that means that like that you could come in at like level twelve, and like the rest of the party are at level fifteen, and you're still fighting oh, like level fifteen no. enemies. So you're going to wow. probably die again. And again, this is all relevant because I was having this string of character deaths, character deaths, character deaths. And eventually I was like, man, okay, look, I'm, you know, 
I was like, this character though, I've got this really, and keep in mind, I was like 17. I was like, I've got this really cool character and they're definitely not going to die. They're this edgy elf assassin and he's, he's given up his soul into this weapon that's like, you know, gotten stronger because he's given it his soul and he's called Void and he's really super edgy, like mega edgy. Like this guy would wear a black leather trench coat and he would have like finger claws and stuff like that. Like this was like so edge you wouldn't believe. But I, I built the stats and I kind of min-maxed him a lot and I get he had something ridiculous like a plus 20 to intimidate and it, the idea was that his reputation was so good that like he could just say a word and people would be like <laughs> and like they'd run away or from the him minimum and stuff. Thing 21 yeah I'm not so, surprised yeah. for intimidation yeah. it, it yeah. was like crazy right so I built this character and the DM was like okay well they're in the middle of this dungeon you, you can we'll have your character come in in the next session I was like yeah great and the the players were all running away from like this this tower this uh, fortress full of guards and they ran into a room and it looked like they were going to have to fight them and then the dm had my character basically like swing in smash through the window i landed and i described it like cool as like his black cloak <laughs> it was really ridiculous this is like mega teenage edge and he like looks up and i and uh, i just say can i just roll an intimidate check to see if they know who i am and he was like yeah and i was like natural 20 that's like a 42 uh, and he was just like he was like yeah the entire guards are just like oh my god it's void and then they all <laughs> ran away and all the players were like holy shit who the fuck is this guy like oh my god and then the dm's like ah oh, but and the dm's just like as you guys are having this conversation a hole appears in the ground and a beholder flies up into the room and this was expected we knew that there was a beholder in the room so we're like okay let's have this badass fight literally roll initiative beholder goes first petrification ray void natural one you're turned to stone the rest of the players were like well we don't know that guy carry on oh, and then no. this badass character was just completely like left in the dead and I just no. threw the character sheet away and I was like okay cool <laughs> next character he's just a statue so and it was just like it, I it was just the the massive like natural 20 intimidate like everyone's like oh my god this guy's a badass <laughs> and i was like and i'm sitting there like i can get my ac to like 38 if i want to for a turn and i can do all this like min max power game stuff natural one petrification ray turned to stone that's don't care. so <laughs> like, funny just move straight oh on. no <laughs> oh. that's like well, it's like uh, that's that's a story that will always <laughs> I think in I, my had a, I had a very that. similar experience with my edgy um uh janasi rogue that i played mm. in jeremy's game where i was trying to play like the mm. coolest character that i could and i remember we were your theme song we were, was the uh, batman <laughs> saw theme from the yeah, dark knight yeah yeah from the dark knight yeah that was what i picked yeah. okay uh, nice. uh, and this and, and, and mark it makes you feel any better this was like two years ago but i remember like that like second session might have even been the first session it was the first I was session like, I, <laughs> he was like oh i'm gonna um uh the party was all like setting up camp and i was like oh i'm gonna like sleep in the tree because i'm cool and edgy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, cool. yeah and i'm like i'm, gr and I'm like, grumpy and i don't i'm not gonna hang around with the rest of the party you know and then i immediately <laughs> we mm -hmm. went up in this tree and then during the night the party got attacked by <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey, Jeremy, can I tie a rope and then swing out of the tree and attack the bats? And Jeremy was like, yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. woohoo. 
Natural one. Of course. Jeremy the dice know. The dice know. Like snagged on the rope. So yeah. I'm like, pretty sure I ended up like my boot got wrapped around the rope. So as I like dropped out the tree, I ended up uh, upside down, smacking into the tree, and then just got caught in the middle of the swarm yeah. of bats, just getting wailed yeah. on. Almost died. Upside down. It was just ludicrous. <laughs> I I feel that so hard. Yeah. I I feel like dice have some sort of supernatural ability to know exactly what mm. you want to happen and yes. what should happen yes. yep. and they they know exactly yeah, what yeah. those things are and they will they will mm. have those results yeah, yeah, yeah. And one way or another do you know what i mean like oh you've got advantage Meh. Yeah. okay we'll see about that we'll see about <laughs> well, it doesn't that. matter yeah. you can still roll exactly. two ones with advantage you can or still roll two ones all the time and i can't i don't know how many times that happened in the cub and the caterpillar which is our first actual play we did i roll this same mm. number with advantage and disadvantage, mm-hmm. roll exactly the same. It happened yeah. to me constantly, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. it two was just 14s, two 17s, yeah. 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 over two and over and over. all the yeah. time. All the time. Yeah. It was wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. That same um, character yeah. that, uh, that Jasper was just talking about also had another run-in while climbing a tree with a parrot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think he, I think he and got pooped on. And the parrot ended up <laughs> taking a crap on me. Yeah. yeah. Man, and then this, stealing, yeah. An, and stealing an item. That character definitely just needs oh, yeah, to avoid trees. Oh, yeah, he stole my sword. Yeah, he tried to, like, attack it and threw your sword at it. And then the parrot took a crap on me and ran off and flew off with my sword. And the party didn't know this encounter was happening and just saw me running past him like, give me back my sword. And that was... <laughs> they were like, oh, I guess we should go follow him. And if, and if, he, if you'd been trying to play like a, a really comical, ridiculous character, you would be the coolest, yep. most badass character yeah, yeah, that yeah, ever yeah, existed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the second you try and be edgy and badass, no. the dice just go, no, 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 no. no. Oh man, so funny, so funny. And Mark, thank you so much for being here. This has mm. been a total blast and I'm... It's been amazing. Thank you guys for inviting me to come on and have a chat. It's been really lovely talking to you and, and yeah, just getting to hang out. I think that we're yeah, we'll have to we're gonna have to do some more stuff with people yeah. there's people in Britain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We can definitely um, make some stuff happen. Uh if and we, we also have lots of uh we have some very familiar contacts with certain companies that we can maybe get yes, to help us do some cool yes, stuff yes, as yes, well. Yes, so yes. I like the way you're thinking. Uh, That's good. There was I I recently just did a uh, I did a big thing with Comic Relief up at Warwick Castle where we got to play D and D at Warwick Castle, and if I can get a bunch of UK D and D people to go and do that again because that was the coolest yeah. thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like we a need to make that happen times with more with, people. I'll, I'll be there with yeah. uh, with bells on. Like that's, uh, that's amazing. You, <laughs> yeah. uh, you have my sword and my axe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. yeah, 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 excellent. And my uh, rope, which I use for climbing trees, um, <laughs> he is frayed and will snap <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. it's an old rope. Um, but uh, Mark, please, uh, for anyone who is absolutely out of their minds and has had listens to this show but doesn't listen to all the stuff that you do, oh, uh, please tell the people where they can find your stuff. Feel free to plug whatever you want. Please, not. Not at all. It's it's one of those things where like it's that awful like you know I'm there. Are, the shows aren't very well known, so I'm I'm very g- grateful to take the opportunity to talk about them um, because like it's always I feel like no matter how much you talk about something, people still just mm. never hear about it. Um, if so, if you don't know me, yeah, I, I do a show called High Rollers D and D. We've been running for about five years. Uh, we stream every Sunday at five p.m. UK time, which is about nine a.m. Um, for those out on the Pacific Coast um, on Sundays. <laughs> UK yeah, time. UK time. Yeah, Come on, five p.m. UK go. time. So after your Sunday dinner, 
come and watch some DD. Um, and we stream over on twitch.tv forward slash high rollers DND. You can also follow the campaign on YouTube, um, Spotify, podcasts, all of that. It's all under the same name, High Rollers DND. That's like my baby. It's what I've helped build from the get go, and it's the one I always push. We're actually in our second campaign right now, which is in a kind of sci fi, final fantasy, magipunk kind of world. Um, they're level 16. They are fighting gods and space wankers <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so come and check that out. Um, and then we'll be starting up new projects uh, fairly soon as well. So come and check out High Rollers DD. You can also catch me on the Wizards of the Coast DD channel, DMing Knights of Evening Star, which is like a show I produce uh, for Wizards DD with a bunch of really awesome people uh, Mika Burton, Nate Sharp, uh, Jonathan Inovino, um, and Anna Prosser as well. Really, really cool game with those guys all set in Cormir in the Forgotten Realms. And it's all about like managing a small village slash kingdom. Um, and that's Knights of Evening Star. And then just my own stuff. I have YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all of that good stuff, which I'm slowly spinning up and doing a bit more on as well, including hopefully some D&D on my own Twitch channel, Sherlock underscore Humes. And that's where you can find me. Sherlock underscore Humes is pretty much where I am everywhere. Yay! Sherlock Humes. A very good oh. YouTube channel I should throw out there. Yeah. Yeah. Very informative. Oh, no, very I, 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 a YouTube channel that I, I really need to make more content <laughs> for. Like I go through these phases where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make all this stuff. Six <laughs> months, nothing. Yeah, I'm going to make loads of stuff. And then, like, yeah. you know, it's like bursts I of mean, content, I mean, I feel that basically. so hard. Like, yeah, it's, it's, hyper-focus, if, yeah. if you will. Is it yeah. hyper-focus? Hyper-focus, mm. very short-term yeah, okay. hyper-focus. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't last. You just have to really capitalize on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Mark, thank you so much for being here. Um, and if there's thank anyone that's guys. new that's listening to this and hasn't heard too much of our stuff, uh, we're obviously Three Black Halflings. You found the podcast. Congratulations. You can also find uh, <laughs> us on social medias at T tb halflings and we have a patreon uh, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash tb halflings uh, where you can find things like campfire chats where we dig into outlaws and obelisks and all of that kind of stuff and we have merchandise which i love so much but i think that is about everything for this week's episode so as always so long shire folk so long shire so long, folk, shire folk. And of course, it is about that time that we thank some amazing patrons. We've had a huge amount of patrons join the Patreon over the last few months. It has been truly sensational. Um, so glad you're all here. I hope you're enjoying the, uh, especially the Outlaws and Obelisks content. If uh, if you're enjoying Outlaws and Obelisks, by the way, feel free to check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash tbhalflings. Um, but why don't I thank some of our incredible patrons who have given to us this month. So I would like to start with Austin Steiner. Thank you very much. Susan Rolf. Uh, just Robert. Very simple. Keeping it simple, Robert. Uh, Brian Farina. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. I like that name, Farina. I feel like I might um, uh, put that in a, in a fantasy game somewhere uh, in, one of my, in one of my many worlds. Uh, Mandy Waller. Uh, Michelle Spurgeon. Uh, Erica Bayankia. Bayankia? I... That's, again, excellent. Come on strong with these names, patrons. Love it. Uh, Mallory Boone. Uh, Sierra Biel... Bienel? Biel. Sierra Bail. I'm going to go strong and wrong on that one, I think. Um, who knows? Uh, Athena Hughes. Elias Esgadali. Kenji Shoemaker. The Sandrian. 
Sam Lecain, Ethan Frank, Jen. I'm not actually too sure how many ends I did there because I didn't do sort of separate ends. I guess it would have been Jen and 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 and. But then I feel like I'm starting up a car or something. Heather Scoville, Kyle Delan, Joe F, and Kelly Craigthon. Craigthon. Craigton. Kelly Craigton. Thank you so much, patrons. Can't tell you how much your support means to us, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.